Hello and welcome back to Now Your Average, the podcast with Julie Young from KoreanAmericanStory.org. In today's episode, Athena Wang and Florence Shin of Covery sit down with Julie. Covery is an eyewear company with glasses designed specifically with Asian facial structures in mind. Today they share with us how they started from just a simple idea to being met with overwhelming demand from their Kickstarter, launching them into establishing their own company. Now, on to Julie. Hey everyone, it's Julie Young for Korean American Story and Not Your Average. Today I am sitting down with the co-founders of Covery, which is a sunglasses and regular glasses company that is going to change your life. Athena Wang and Florence Shin, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Excited to have you. And thank you to Ellie Lee, our mutual friend who connected us. Shout out to Ellie who just went out to LA. Miss you, girl. So let's start from the beginning. And also, Athena, you are the second person ever on Not Your Average that we're giving a pass to because Athena is not not Korean, we still love you. But Kev Nish was the first of Far East mm, Movement, okay. so kind of a big honor. Yeah. <laughs> no. Am I no. the first woman? We're, yes, okay. yes, oh. yes. So we're super happy to have you here. But um, you two are sort of childhood friends, so I was gonna say lifelong, but childhood yeah, friends, since high right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And you, let's, I wanna start with like your background, your family information, and Florence, you were born in. New Jersey. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about your family. Born and raised um, in New Jersey. Very exciting. Um, I was born in South Jersey, so my parents actually immigrated to uh, the U.S. like right after they got married when they were 28 or 29. From Korea. Yes. Yep. Um, and yeah, my mom moved here because my uh, her sister was here and then we just have like a small family here, but born and raised in Voorhees and then moved over a town over for high school and that's where I met Athena. And do you have any siblings? I have an older brother. Um, he's three years older, Timothy Shin. I love him. <laughs> he's the best. Um, yeah. He actually helped us film our Kickstarter video. Oh, really? We well, he helped us, launch. yeah, put it together. Yeah, yeah. He's, he, he's a man of many different skills. <laughs> cool. Okay. <laughs> so, Athena, and you were born in? I was born in Philadelphia, and my parents came here for my dad. Uh, he had a job at UPenn. I think he was a researcher or something, mm -hmm. some lab work. Where did they um, come from? They came from they came from Switzerland but they originally came from China okay um, yeah and then after that we moved to a bunch of places different towns in South Jersey and eventually end up in Cherry Hill which is where I met her at Cherry Hill East <laughs> okay and did you school. meet in high school yeah yes. okay school, were you immediate yeah. besties or what what was the situation yeah we were like in the same group of friends we all like there was probably like five of us. Mm -hmm. We always hung out like after school, would hang out on the weekends, did everything together pretty much. So did you talk about wanting to be in fashion when you were in high school together or? I don't even remember the process. I, I like think we, we just one day we're just like, oh, you're going to go to FIT and I'm going to go to FIT. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how that happened. I think, I don't even remember in high school even talking about college. I think we just so like, long ago too. It's like, yeah, even if we like, had the conversation, I just don't right. remember. Right, I remember. But so you went for different things though. Mm -hmm. Florence, what did you study? So I went for fashion merchandising initially because I thought I was going to be a buyer like everybody else in my major. <laughs> um, and then two years in, I switched to international trade and marketing because I felt like being a buyer was not my thing. Um, yeah, and then I ended up interning every semester and I got my first job at my last internship. Okay. Yeah. And Athena, you studied? I studied fashion design mm -hmm. for two years and then I did business management. 
Okay. Yeah. Did you want to be a designer originally? I think my original idea was just to, because I just really enjoyed making things. I always loved sewing, always loved um, making dresses and things like that. So even in high school, you would like hem your own pants all the time. Yeah. That's so cool. I wish I knew how to do that. Like, seriously, I wish I knew how to do that. Yeah, saved myself a lot of money. (laughs) And then I got, I was really into like tailoring. So I really like making suits and stuff. But then, I don't know, I guess I, I guess my goal would have been to work as a fashion designer in some fashion house or, mm-hmm. yeah. And how did your parents feel about you going to fashion school? I feel like my parents were, all, they were always pretty supportive. Like they weren't, you know, probably the typical parents that are- There's no pressure to be a doctor, lawyer, yeah, exactly. engineer. Um, they kind of always just, let me make my own decisions, um, which I'm so glad for. Glad that they let me do that. Um, but yeah, and even like all throughout college, they were pretty supportive. They never were like, you should transfer back into whatever. Because sometimes <laughs> even I thought about it. I was like, oh, right. maybe I should just go to, you know, a regular academic school. And they're like, well, you already started it, so you should mm. just finish. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And your parents? Same with my parents. I don't, I don't remember them ever saying anything about it. I think they were just like, well, at least you're going to college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, d- I don't think they had any issue with it. Yeah, they were just excited to get me out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> Good for them, though, for supporting that, right? For supporting yeah. whatever you mm-hmm. wanted to do. Um, so where did your sewing skills come from? Probably my grandma, I would say. That's the first memory of, I have of sewing. She would make all of our clothes when we were younger. So you grew up with your grandma? Yeah, yeah. So I was raised by my grandma mostly. Because your parents were working? Yes. Or? Okay. Yes. When they first came here, they had like no money and yeah. they had to work like all day long. Yeah. Nobody mm-hmm. had, they couldn't yeah. wash the kids. So during the summers, I would always go back to China. Okay. Yeah. And I didn't ask you, do you have siblings? Yes, I have a younger brother. Okay. Yeah. So you would both go back in the summers? Yeah. So he was actually raised by my mom's side and I was raised by my dad's side. Interesting. So I think they kind of called dibs on him after, <laughs> after he was born. So we, yeah, so we were raised by like separate grandparents. Huh. Yeah. And he's actually a rapper now. Oh, so, really? Yeah. What's his name? His name's Peter. But, but his, his, rapper, his name? rapper name is Little Castles. Little Castles. Yeah. Okay, I'll have to check him out. <laughs> so your grandmother was sewing mm-hmm. and she taught you, did she teach you? Yeah, what so, you know, um, or well, I think I liked sewing because of her, and then I ended up taking classes, oh, and okay. I always I took like painting classes and drawing classes and sewing classes, and in, in Philly, like during the summer, I would go to the college and then learn to do all the sewing and things like that. So, so. you're just a creative. Yeah, I just yeah. really like making things. That was always yeah, yeah a passion yeah. of mine. Yeah, that's awesome. So then you both you came back to New York, and you mm-hmm. both are working in New York in the city, right, mm-hmm. for different companies. Yes but on the same block, mm-hmm. yes. right, <laughs> yeah. essentially. And then how and when did the idea for Covery come up? My boyfriend rock climbs. So he invited, he, yeah, I don't know if invited is the right word. He dragged <laughs> us there. And then we climbed for maybe like 10 minutes, got really tired mm-hmm. and we're just chilling on the mats. And like, like, at Brooklyn Boulders, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think Athena had just came back from a trip to, from Shanghai. Yeah, yeah. so I, I just came back from Shanghai because I think it was like summer, right? Yeah. Summertime. And um, I was like shopping with my grandma and we were just like walking around the city and you know, the, all those like l- little stores that sell all those like $1 sunglasses. Mm-hmm. So I was just like trying them on and I was like, oh, I, I don't know. I just the idea came to me that 
this could fit so much better. And then I came back and we were sitting there and talking about it. And I was like, I like always had issues with sunglasses not fitting me. And I think we could make it fit better. And she's like, oh my God, I also like feel that way. Yeah. Cause I think I was just like complaining to you about it. And you're like, oh, that's also been a problem of mine too. And I was like, oh wow, we should see if it's just us <laughs> or if like other people have this issue. And then she thought it was a good idea. And we kind of just, started brainstorming yeah. from there and we'd like meet up after work yeah. and then it kind of snowballed from there. But that was the first time you thought about opening a business together. It wasn't like it wasn't, before you were like, we're going to have a business no, together. Never. That's amazing. <laughs> Even then, I don't really think we thought of it as a business. We were yeah, just, just like, like How this we, is a great yeah. idea. Yeah. 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 Like what can we do? Yeah. Yeah. And so then you start meeting up after work. And what was that? What what happened? What came from that? It was a really slow process. First, we had to figure out how to even make samples how to make it fit well. So then we just did so much research and then even the smallest things of like how to get an LLC mm -hmm. and how to get a bank account. Bank account, <laughs> yeah. Bank card. Um, yeah, because we both had never done anything like this before. We always worked, you know, out of, yeah. out of other companies. So, and, yeah. And also like in school, you learn like, you know, about business and here, Sarah's how you should do it. But when you actually are trying to start it, none of that really applies. <laughs> yeah, you kind of yeah. just have to like figure it out and see like yeah. what works for what you're trying to do. Yeah. yeah. So how soon after you started meeting up, you know, like after work, did you decide let's really do this? Let's make this a business? Well, in our meetings, we came up with the idea of, okay, let's try to launch this on Kickstarter. Because one, we needed money, and two, we needed to test to see if like this was something beyond ourselves and mm -hmm. our friends and family. Mm -hmm. um, so that probably took about a year before we even launched on Kickstarter. Because, because you were coming up with the prototype, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. Sampling took a long time because the factory was overseas, and that process just took a long time. And um, we were also both not in the eyewear industry, so we had mm -hmm. like a lot of learning to do mm -hmm. with that. Mm -hmm. But that, to me, when I read that it took like a year for you to come up with the prototype, to me, I'm so like, I want to do everything right now. And so I'm just impressed by the patience and the sort of, you know, persistence and the stick with itness that you guys, mm -hmm. you know, had to come up with the elevated fit, right? That's what you were doing. You're coming up with the elevated fit in that year. That's super impressive. And I think sometimes that's what when people are starting businesses, they need to remember. It's like, what do they say? It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And right. so you have to really go through the process to yeah. come up with what's going to actually sell. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So... Covery, I know, is a word that you made up. And I think this is actually super smart of you because what you what I've read and what I've heard is that it's easier to trademark mm -hmm. made up words. A made yeah. up word. Yeah. So tell me how you came up with Covery. Well, coming up with a name was one of the hardest things <laughs> I had to do. We had the dumbest names that we were like ginger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but we wanted something really really neutral um cove just sounded really peaceful to us and it has to do with the water and you know we have sunglasses so mm -hmm. um and then we added ry because if it's a made-up word it's easy to trademark like you said so covery and covery just sounded it just like sounded nice yeah it's like really short and to the point yeah so. i love it and it's not very like feminine or masculine like the yeah. second we came up with it we're like okay that's it <laughs> moving on yeah yeah no it's perfect I love it. So talk about what the Elevated Fit is. So Elevated Fit is our signature fit that is in all of our frames, sunglasses and glasses. And it's basically on like an alternative fit to standard fitting glasses that are available in the US. So we made three major design changes. 
So one of them is we made the nose pads longer so that they're sitting like higher on your face and away from your cheeks. Mm -hmm. And then we narrowed the nose bridge so it's not sliding down as often. Um, you're not always having to push them mm -hmm. up. And then we also straightened out like the curve of the frame. So a lot of times frames will kind of sit like digging into your, um, cheeks, your cheeks more. Yeah, yeah. but mm -hmm. we kind of we tried to make them more parallel to your face so mm -hmm. it's more comfortable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Look, the, the moment I tried these sunglasses on, I was like blown away. So the elevated fit is real and it's amazing. Um, but so then you come up with that and then that's when you decide, okay, we're ready for the Kickstarter. Yeah, I think we got our last samples and then because Kickstarter in itself is a whole process. Mm -hmm. um, is We had to make the video, mm -hmm. make all the product pages, have to figure out all the details and put everything together, mm -hmm. which was... Yeah. Honestly, I think it was really helpful because it gave us a checklist for ourselves of what we need to do. Mm -hmm. Because of that, we registered our logo and our trade. We trademark our name. Mm -hmm. We came up with a name. Yeah, we, <laughs> we thought of like, came up with social media. Like we started social yeah. media, and it it really forced us to kind of like get all the, yeah ducks in a row. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially like it had to be done by this date because mm -hmm. that was the day we were going to launch. Mm -hmm. So I think the video was the most challenging because we both are not in <laughs> film or anything. Yeah, <laughs> I think it, it forced us to be creative with our resources. Yeah, <laughs> we had zero budget. We just were being so scrappy. We were filming it ourselves. Um, all of the people in the video were our friends that were like begging to mm -hmm. help us with the video. And yeah, we kind of just really were super scrappy with it and try to figure it out and make it look as nice as we could have. We could. <laughs> yeah. But that's totally what starting a business is, right? Yeah. Being scrappy and like using whatever resources you mm -hmm. have. Mm -hmm. But so then you put the Kickstarter up and you initially were trying to get $18,000, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And that was for production costs mm -hmm. for your first production yeah. um, overseas because you're manufacturers in China, yes, right? Yeah. And then you blow that shit out of the water <laughs> and you get almost 300%, 53,000 yeah. plus dollars, yeah. right? Yeah. How yes. did that feel? It was really Unreal. unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, we were just watching the numbers go up and like, is this a joke? Yeah, I mean, I've never seen that much money like in my bank account or anything. <laughs> right. So when I saw that, it's like, uh, like, it didn't feel real. Cause yeah. like, it, it's, it's also like, on the screen. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It didn't right. feel real until like it hit our bank account. So when did you guys quit your day jobs and do this full time? I quit my job, I think a couple months before Kickstarter. Yeah, I think we, didn't we talk about it? And we were like, okay, we're going to do it. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> but did you quit at the same time? I think so. I don't really remember, but. I don't remember when you quit either. Yeah, but I think it was around the same time. Yeah. But so that's pretty amazing because you had only been working after college for a couple of years. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we had a lot of support with our parents mm -hmm. and like our family. Without them, we definitely wouldn't have been able to quit okay. our jobs. And I think it's just because it took so much time to start Covery and yeah. to do it, especially after the Kickstarter happened and we actually had to start getting production rolling and filling all the orders and it was just the two of us and then we had to figure out how do we ship all this and all the yeah. details with that. Um, like even before Kickstarter launched, it was a full-time, yeah. like, yeah, we just yeah. didn't terms have of time, of time to, yeah. But yeah. we also, like, I had like, I think three or four months salary saved up. So I was like, okay, if this doesn't work out, I'll find another job. Right. But that's so, a lot. 
It's not a lot. Especially in like well, I New was, York We were like 24, 25. <laughs> so, so I wasn't like, thinking of like a lot of Yeah, we were not being responsible. Yeah, not at all. I wouldn't recommend it. But yeah, don't no, but quit your job. No, but that is the beauty of youth, right? Like you will take these risks that sometimes people yeah, won't take. Yeah. No, that's great. But how did you not get overwhelmed with everything that needed to be done? Oh, I think we were super overwhelmed. But yeah. it was really really awesome and helpful to have another person mm-hmm. yeah because we share that and then if I feel overwhelmed about something like she'll calm me down or vice versa and it was really good to have like somebody who was in it with you and felt exactly the same way that you felt yeah. so right. that was like a big help who you really know and you really trust yeah because we talked about this a little bit when we met last week you know a lot of people will say don't work with really close friends and we all disagree with that can you talk <laughs> a little bit about that how that's been to work with such a close friend? Yeah, I mean, like when we first started working together, obviously it kind of changed our dynamic a little bit because we've never worked together. Right. Like we were never even like in the same like school yeah. project <laughs> yeah. group, you know? So that was interesting because you have to kind of learn like what each other's skills are in yep. a professional setting. Um, but at the end of the day, like it's, you have that bond of like trust and like we're both in it together. We have the same goal and the same overall mission. So I think it's like trusting that that person's intentions are aligned with yours Mm -hmm. for the business. Mm -hmm. I always say this. I prefer to work with people that I like and that I trust. Mm -hmm. If I don't like you, like I really can't work with you, you know? Um, So that's that's amazing. Yeah, we spend so much time together. It would be hard to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But so, Athena, now you live in Shanghai. Mm -hmm. And did you, so you moved there how long ago? Uh, Last year. For the business. Yeah. Because the manufacturer is over there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we wanted to test out and see, we wanted to try to see how it would be if we tried to sell overseas. Mm Um, which we're still figuring out, but mainly it's because we the factories are a lot closer and with sampling. Um, as we are growing, we have more styles coming out and mm-hmm. it just cuts the time down mm-hmm. drastically when I can right. talk to them during the day on their time yeah. and then have samples right away like the next day instead of, you know, waiting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In my research, I, I don't know if you guys actually wrote this, but it was an article that it says that you two authored. And one of the things it said was, let people underestimate you. And you you spoke about being young female entrepreneurs, how sometimes that will happen, where people mm-hmm. really underestimate mm-hmm. you. And so my first question really is, how often does that happen? And then how do you deal with it? I think when we first started, we were really naive and very nice about everything. Mm. <laughs> very like, oh, it's okay, it's okay. Mm. Um, and then, when you're dealing with factories, especially, they, you know, you're just a drop in the bucket for, right. for them. And they have so many people that they deal with. And mm-hmm. um, especially if you're a new brand, they don't know like what your capabilities are. So um, a lot of people didn't take us seriously in the beginning. So just dealing with factories were, were kind of difficult because they would delay our product or um, they would make mistakes on it and then, you know, not not take responsibility for the mistakes mm-hmm. and kind of just like brush us off. Mm-hmm. So I think very quickly we realized <laughs> that we have to be very firm with mm-hmm. um, what we want and how we want our products made and handled and yeah make that really clear because people take advantage of 
yeah. you. Yeah. Was that hard? Yeah, I think the first time, because I had to like have a phone conversation with one of the factories I remember, and I I was like, oh, <laughs> like shaking, because I was so angry. I don't know, it's just like I've never had to deal with that before. Yeah. Because when you work for another company, you don't deal with mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. kind of situations. Mm-hmm. And it's also like my baby, like it's our, our product that we right. care so much about. Right. And for, you know, like we just want the other person that we partner with to obviously feel like love it as much as we do right yeah and then also i think sometimes for me as a woman like we're kind of taught just social norms to be nice and to not like make people upset and to you know and it's and then it's like if you're too firm or you're too assertive or whatever then you're a bitch Mm -hmm. and then it's like you know so you're like no i don't want to you know yeah yeah but then you like kind of just learn like yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I have to be a bitch to get my products that made well, then I'll do That's it. That's what you got to you know? do. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, totally. So for right now, you are at pop-ups sometimes. But other mm-hmm. than that, you just order online mm-hmm. at yeah. shopcovery.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then you, you are at pop-ups pretty often, right? Yeah, we try to do um, a few. As, yeah, a couple a year, especially in New York, just because mm-hmm. this is close to home. So we've done a couple. We've done like a three-month temporary one in Williamsburg, um, and then we do a couple like in Soho, Lower East Side. And you were saying at the pop-ups, even though you know you made these for diverse faces, a lot of times just anybody will come and buy them just because they're so stylish and beautiful, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. also high quality. Like mm-hmm. I just I so appreciate that the quality is way better than some other companies. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so you have all types of people buying them, right? Mm-hmm. And I love that you went away from the Asian Fit <laughs> label. Yeah, we were really intentional when we were naming the name Elevated Fit because we didn't want it to. We didn't want people to feel left out. Yeah. But at the same time, it is an alternative fit. Yeah. So, yeah, we wanted it to be something that everybody can use. Um, and when you try them on, you'll just feel the difference of the comfortability. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I tried the Asian Fit from another company, which I think I told you, and it, it just didn't work. <laughs> it really, they still fall down, like, all the time. Um, and so that was kind of disappointing. I was, like, so excited when I first got them, and then literally, like, 10 minutes later, they were falling down. <laughs> I was like, this does not work. But, no, yeah, these... So we actually, I mean, we personally test... All of the frames that we make, mm-hmm. all the samples, we wear them around. And if there anything needs to be adjusted, we make those adjustments before it gets put into production. So if it doesn't fit our face, and we both have pretty... Very flat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we have different size faces too. Mm-hmm. So we, we try to like both try it on if it looks good on both of us or if it feels good then we go for it. Yeah, that's so great. Let's talk about more entrepreneurship lessons. So aside from what you were talking about before, what's been the hardest part about being young entrepreneurs? Hardest part for me is like, there's no guarantee that this is gonna work or what the future holds in the next, even like next year. Mm -hmm. So I think like, especially now, like a lot of my friends are young professionals, they're being promoted, you know, they have a very stable career Mm -hmm. and paycheck. And I think for us, we're still in our early stages of a business. We're still figuring out a lot of things. So there's still a lot of like doubt and fear sometimes. Also, when you when you have your own business, everything that you do is, or everything that happens for the company is because of you. So if today, like I don't feel like doing something, nothing's gonna get yeah. done. <laughs> so, and then it's also really weird to, like you, first thing I think of when I wake up is Hovery. 
the first thing I think about it, like before yeah. I go to bed is Kofri. Yep. It's like you're always thinking about this, which you never happens when you're working for somebody right. else. You like go home and you right. clock out. Um, right. But you're always thinking about them, always looking at things to, and then, you know, saving things, inspirations. and It never really feels like work, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like because it's ours, it doesn't feel like work. I'm never unhappy doing it mm-hmm. or yeah. stressed doing it. It's just, like, it's it just is, something that has yeah. to get done. Yeah. yeah. So that's, I'm going to hold that thought because I'm going to go back to that. But so the fear that you mentioned, how do you move through that? It's just, I don't know, there's always something that has to get done. So it's like, I can't, we have to keep moving. We have to keep moving forward. And at the end of the day, like we know Covery has a lot of potential. And I think that's what keeps us going. And like our customers feedback, they're always telling us how much they love the frames, how well they fit. And like, even though it's just a product, it's just sunglasses or glasses. um, At the end of the day, our bigger mission is to celebrate diversity and like Mm. feel confident in that. And I think if we can help other people feel confident just by like wearing a pair of sunglasses, that's awesome. That's, I mean, it's, uh, you know, my whole thing is like helping people who don't feel seen to be seen. And this is like a form of that, right? It's like, (laughs) how long have we suffered with sunglasses that we're pushing up Mm -hmm. and that are on our cheeks Mm -hmm. and whatever, but also kind of thought like, Oh, well, like that's what it is, right? So yeah. that's that's awesome. But so go back to what you were talking about with, because my next question was going to be, well, what's the best thing about being an entrepreneur? And I think maybe what you were talking about before might be part of that is that it's yours and yeah. it doesn't feel like work. Yeah. And would you say that's the best yeah, part about? I think that's the best part. And I mean, we get to set our schedules and we get to meet really awesome people like you, yeah. you know. <laughs> Um, so much comes with being an entrepreneur that is, you could never experience anywhere else. Right. Um, it's also so rewarding to like, she'll draw something, you know, we'll come up with ideas and then it comes to fruition, which is so cool to yeah. see. Yeah. And yeah. then you see people on the street wearing it and yeah. it's just like, so it's if, such a yeah. pinch me moment, you know? First time I saw somebody wearing yeah, one of our frames, that. it was a Maya Black, which is like one of our best sellers. And I saw this like Asian girl walking down the street <laughs> towards me. I was like, wait, that looks, and I always look at people's frames. So uh-huh. I think, I don't know, but I was like looking at her and I was like, I just saw somebody wear <laughs> that I mean that had to be so gratifying yeah it was right? it was pretty and cool. it's really nice when we have pop-ups a lot of our customers a lot of our customers are return customers and they buy multiple pairs from mm-hmm. us and they'll always come to the pop-ups wearing our sunglasses and it's yeah. like so <laughs> nice and they're all so amazing and so friendly and it's just been great to meet even our customers and have a relationship with them yeah but I mean even to have the success that you have in the short period of time that you've been in existence is crazy don't you think like I don't know (laughs) I I would be like pinching myself it's I feel like we don't think about it because we're just in it every day yeah yeah Yeah. we don't ever just I don't know it's I don't think we're ever satisfied. We're always like, we can do this better. We should try this. Yeah. We've talked about, you know, sort of like business lessons that you've learned. What have you learned about yourself personally through that, through this experience? I've never been asked that question (laughs) before. I think... These are my favorite questions. (laughs) I mean, maybe you might feel like this too, but I realized that I actually know how to do a lot more things than Mm. I thought I knew. Before we started this, if somebody said, you need to like figure out how to start a company, I would be like, are you crazy? (laughs) Right. I don't even know the first thing about doing it, but through this, I learned, you know, like, I don't know. I think a big thing for me is things are not that difficult. Hmm. If you just figure it out, you know, ask people, 
research, Google things, and try to figure it out. Things are not always like that hard to do. Yeah. And that World Wide Web is so yeah, helpful. Isn't yeah. It? <laughs> yeah. So. And I think both of us were we're kind of like introvert. Yeah, we're I definitely. Guess, yeah, I'm definitely. Yeah, I mean, you and, guys are great on camera right now. I was like, <laughs> but like what you're saying with Ali, right? We're always like, she's so amazing she, at yeah. her job. Like she's born to do yeah. this, and we could never do anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I think what makes us try harder and do the research and do all these things is because we believe in our product, and it's like that's us instead of like us putting ourselves out there it's like this is our project and i care so much about the project that that's what keeps me going instead of like the fear of putting myself out there it's like right i'm like hiding behind the glasses yeah yeah that's interesting that's interesting okay what's a personal lesson that you've learned florence um i guess mine is like i'm i have always been very introverted Mm -hmm. so i think through this whole thing i really had to push myself to like ask people questions or like you know maybe ask an old boss for their advice or things like that, um, which I normally would never do. But like Athena was saying, like, because I really believe in our product and our brand, I wasn't afraid to ask them um, because I I knew we had a good product. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of times you're afraid to do things for yourself, but not afraid to do things for something that you believe in yeah 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 Yeah. and you guys you know we didn't even talk about this you have PR background too right yes and so you had that knowledge and that helped you you guys have been covered in I mean name them Cosmo (laughs) Vogue Refinery29 NBC like everything right and so you were able to bring that knowledge into knowing how to market in a way that would work right I guess so (laughs) so yeah like I didn't know I could actually do it because like I mean I was working for a PR firm so Mm -hmm. I helped a lot of clients you know get into articles but to actually do it for ourselves, I was like "Eh, I don't know but I was able to apply what I learned yeah what do you think has been the most effective marketing tool well in the beginning when we did Kickstarter it was definitely we had a Mashable article Mm -hmm. and that kind of spurred all the other articles Mm. um and also because it came out really towards the end of our kickstarter i think the last five days or something it Mm -hmm. came out and then all the other press outlets were in a rush to Mm. post it because they wanted their readers to be able to contribute to the kickstarter before it ended right so that was really helpful but nowadays i think the main place that we get all our customers from would be probably instagram Mm -hmm. right yeah Mm -hmm. instagram we get a lot of word of mouth too because i think once people try these frames on and they become a customer they literally tell all their friends and family and they're now telling everybody they're always telling them like you just have to try it you just have to try it yeah okay so name one man and one woman that you dream of seeing in kovri lucy lu just because I grew up watching her, like mm-hmm. on in Charlie's Angels, I remember. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's so many cool Asian women that are just so hot right now. Yeah, we were talking to Ellie about this. We when we first started, there weren't that many Asian yeah. celebrity women yeah. that we could no, even. It's been like an explosion. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that would even a be a goal for us to have mm-hmm. the frames on. Mm-hmm. But now there's so many, and they're all so amazing. And who like was the most exciting person that you've seen in Kovri? Mm-hmm. Well, when we first started, our goal was Jamie Chung. And then she wore them on vacation, on one of her vacation trips. So she got them on her own? Uh, No, we sent it to her stylist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that's amazing because even when stylists, like, you know, they give choices. Mm -hmm. So the celebrity gets like 10, 15 choices. And so for her to still pick that out, for Jamie to still pick that out. Yeah, she wrote us a letter too about how, right? And I think we're like, oh, we're going to fail. (laughs) 
That's great. I have three signature questions. One is, what is the most significant relationship that you've had in your life? And it doesn't have to be romantic. And why? Probably with you, because we started COVID. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. we, were, we always say we talk to each other more than our boyfriends. Because yeah. we talk to each other Way every more. single day about everything all day long. So Like business and personal things. Right. So. Yeah. Right. yeah. And, okay, so tell me something about you that everyone knows. I'm tall. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How tall are you? I'm 5'8", which is not super tall, but I think it's tall for Especially next to me. Yeah, that's yeah. Tall. Yeah. Especially when she stands next to me. Every time we film something, I have to stand on like a brick or <laughs> blocks or something. What does that's everyone know about you, yeah, Athena? Everybody knows about me. That I'm Chinese. Okay. <laughs> and then what's something that no one knows about you? I love to swim. <laughs> okay. okay. Where'd that come from? I've been swimming ever since I was little. I would take like swim lessons mm -hmm. at the YMCA. So it's relaxing? It's so relaxing, okay. yeah. It's like where I find my peace. Do it often? I try to, but I don't have a pool. So whenever <laughs> I can is when I get it in. Okay. Athena? I really suck at social media. <laughs> for myself, <laughs> personally. No, that's actually kind of funny. I'm surprised at how like expressive and like talkative you've been in this because initially I thought like Florence was the more you know like outgoing one, and then for you to say that you're an introvert, <laughs> yeah. and then for you to be as talkative as you are on this interview, which is great. I love it, but it's surprising because you're right. Like your social media, I don't think you've posted on Instagram yeah, in like a year. Like, yeah. Your LinkedIn doesn't even have a picture of you, girl. It doesn't even have Kovri on it. I know. LinkedIn does not even have Kovri on it. Okay, okay you need that. to fix that. You need to fix I that. I was like, she does not even have co of Kovri on I'm, this. I'm very, um, I don't know. I'm just so bad at it. I'm so bad at like but trying But it's kind of a good to, thing. I know. I like it social is. media is, but people it's I wish I did evil though. Yeah. Right? But then and people I think, meet me and they're like, oh, you're, right. you're, it's so awesome that you're not on social media and not on your phone all the time. And I'm like, I would like to be. <laughs> I just I can't get myself to do it. But it's good that one of you is because, especially with the company, right? I feel like mm -hmm. social media is a necessary evil. It's like a way of advertising yeah. and marketing and being out there. And everybody always looks you up immediately. Yeah. Yeah. So. But your, I mean, your Instagram is shop, what is it? Is it shop? Shop Covery. Shop Covery. That's also your website. Mm -hmm. um, everybody follow them and go to their website. And I'm telling you, buy their glasses. They are amazing. We have home try on box. So if you want to just try it out, you can. They can yeah. like try yep. them on and then yep. send back whatever. Yeah. Whatever. They yeah. Do. Okay. Thank you so much for sitting down with me. Cheers. Cheers. And Thanks. I am a lifelong yes. customer. <laughs> This episode of Not Your Average was produced by Julie Young and edited by A.J. Valente. Thanks to Kimberly Young's son for allowing us to use our artwork for our logo. Follow her on Instagram at Kimberly Young Sun and visit our website, KimberlyYoungSun.com. We'd love to hear your feedback. If you have any suggestions or thoughts about the podcast, please write a review on iTunes and rate us as well. Feel free to message us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and visit our website, KoreanAmericanStory.org. Now Your Average is part of KoreanAmericanStory.org, dedicated to capture, create, preserve, and share the stories of the Korean American experience. Thanks for listening.